0: Across the Pond MLB podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond MLB podcast, Tyler Small.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Across the Pond MLB podcast. Tyler Small, Ellie Whittington here with you, and we're just running right into this. Ellie was basically yelling at me to start recording because we are right in the midst of tampa bay boston game four it is now five to three as literally as we started this recording wander franco just hit a two-run home run so obviously while you're listening to this you'll know the reactions but you'll get some live reactions out of us from us now but yeah we get into that fun (laughs) ellie how you doing
0: i'm well yeah baseball has been wild Hey, and we knew this last time. We said so much is going to happen in this next week. And so, <laughs> oh, my goodness, I literally, it was 1-5. to five. Um, Boston was up 5-0 for the last little bit. Yeah. And then it went 1-5 to five in the last inning. And then we were literally like, okay, we're going to record at 9. And I got on with Tyler. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking to record in the middle of this game? <laughs> but maybe this is fun because I'm watching it as I'm talking to him. And as soon as we hopped on, um, Wonder Franco, you said to fit a home run. And so now the score is three to five. And so this matchup, I guess we can start off here with the Red Sox and the Rays, has just been insane. Are you surprised? I'm. I'm surprised. I'm biased, but I'm also surprised. What is your reaction to this series?
1: My my Im- immediate reaction from that Yankees Red Sox wild card was the reward of that was going to be getting rolled over by the Rays. I thought that the Rays were so much better than they were last year because despite they had the advantage of how well they manipulate and use their bullpen because it was only a 60-game season and their guys were fresh. I thought that was going to hurt them, but their offense this year has just been incredible as we see it now at the top of the order. Last year's rookie star Randy Rand has been turning it up at the start of the playoffs. Wanda Franco right behind him has been electric to watch. and But that's kind of been it. So I've been surprised at how they have been limited. The Red Sox pitching staff has been incredible. And just overall, I'm surprised the Red Sox took the lead yesterday but I think I'm mostly surprised at how it happened. I mean, what I for anyone that doesn't know that home, a crazy rule came up in baseball, which is just insane that such a pivotal game could be determined on a rule that I personally did not know was the case after watching it. However much baseball I have, it hits off of Hunter Renfro in right field accidentally to say the least one hops off the top of the wall hits out of play. It would have been an easy RBI double, maybe even triple because of how weird it was instead because it goes out of play, turns into a ground rule, double Nick Pavetta strands them. And then of course, as baseball always works, when something crazy like that happens against the team, there's no way they're going to win the Red Sox walk it off in the bottom of the 13th. And that's kind of where we stand now. What was your reaction to all of that yesterday?
0: Yeah, Tyler, crazy, like you said, for those who don't know, it, it was extra inning baseball. We were in the 13th inning. Mm-hmm. Um, both the Red Sox and the Rays tied. And this hit bounces off the wall, bounces off the play. And so at many stadiums, this could never happen because the Red Sox have this really funky outfield and why Fenway Park is such a phenomenon is the left field is, is so high. There's this big tall wall, the green monster, and then in right field, it's literally it looks like a fence to me. And so I read so many things of like at other ballparks that would have just hit off the wall and came back, and there would not there wouldn't have been a question about that. But since it went out of bounds or out of play, <laughs> I don't even know if you would call that. Um that it was a ground rule double which means that the runner that scored did not score that run meaning that the Rays and the Red Sox stayed tied and then of course going into the bottom of the 13th they won also you could say well that would have only been one run for the Rays and the Red Sox hit two it wouldn't have mattered but, but I think it killed the, yeah I agree I you can never them.
1: say that you can correct the butterfly effect that is that's impossible
0: yeah, that's that's what my Red Sox friends
1: <laughs> yeah, said to right. me. If they're
0: listening. They're gonna be like, Ellie did listen to what I said. I totally. It just changed the momentum of the game. I really believe that. And so, going into tonight, I think it's it's so hard. Even what I told you about the wild card game. Even when we were talking about the wild card game about the Yankees and the Red Sox. I said playing in Boston is just such a big deal, and it's really proven that in this series with the Rays and the Red Sox as well. Home field advantage is is crazy, and. Last season, that wasn't even a thing with COVID, the COVID year, and so I think that it's really showing how important it is to have fans in the stands and how true home field advantage is. And what are your thoughts on that across the board?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you you can even go further. When the championship series started, they didn't even play in their home stadiums, even though they were empty. You know, they didn't even get the advantage of like sleeping in their own beds when they were the home team. It was just so crazy it's so coming back to it we'll preview the White Sox in a minute but that was getting all the praise yesterday with how incredible their crowd was but you're 100% right I mean the Red Sox have a very difficult stadium to play in and they know how to utilize it I mean there's so many examples of it there's so many examples of it for the Trop as well I mean a lot of teams outside of the Rays or even including the Rays shout out Willie Adamas don't they hate playing in the Tropicana And we even saw it in game one where Nelson Cruz hit a home run that hit off the top of the roof and landed a hundred feet short of the wall. It's like, I love the quirkiness of baseball. I love that there's all these different nuances for it. Thankfully that Nelson Cruz didn't really make too much of an impact because that game was over, but this, that was just a gut punch for the Rays. I mean, to well, kind of come back from that, I can only imagine for the fandom and the team overall.
0: I have a confession to make Yes. Uh, for our fans I bought a plane ticket today to Tampa. So if they go to game five, I'm going to Tampa on Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> and I have a ticket just from friends at the race. And I need this to happen yes. <laughs> because I'm so <laughs> excited. So I can get my I can give a real live feedback next yeah. week if this happens. So of course I'm I'm biased in that way that I just <laughs> my heart and soul yeah. is with the rays right now. But anyway, I'm really excited and hoping I get to go. <laughs>
1: so hopefully by the time the fans are listening to this you're sitting in your seats game five about ready to watch this if if they don't win though are you still taking the trip down there no oh, okay you <laughs> what <just> am i <laughs> gonna do
0: no i'm literally going for the game i bought the ticket Wednesday night. Okay. i haven't have a job so That's i fair. have <laughs> yeah, I, I bought the ticket to go Wednesday, literally for the game. It's a five o'clock game if it's played and then coming back on Thursday, but I've never been to Tropicana Field. And so yes, if it doesn't do. happen this year, I hope soon, but really I would love a game five in Tampa or St. Pete actually, but yeah. raise Red Sox. So we're hoping guys, by the time you're listening to this, you're going to actually know how I'm feeling. You're going to, you're going to understand what I'm <laughs> feeling. Cause you're going to know the the ending of the end. So Anyway, moving on, what, did you want to go to the White Sox? What's up next? I, I had
1: one more question for you, actually. Let's talk. Oh, sure. stick on the race a little bit more, because I think this is one of the most, maybe not, I, there's been a lot of fun series, obviously, but this is the most conversational, I feel like. I, I really want to get your opinion on this, because you see these rookies live working in the AAA farm system. The race, what they are doing, they start McClanahan game one, and then Boz game two, and that was the first team since 2012 Athletics to ever do that. And then they go even a step further, where you see in this game, McClanahan for the first time in his career comes on three days rest, comes in the out of the bullpen. Kevin Cash and this crew just really a has a lot of trust in talent as opposed to experience, but also just kind of utilizes these pitchers whenever need be. They're just throwers as opposed to starters or relievers or closers. It you you've worked with it for so long. What is your opinion on all of that? And are you, are you surprised? Because you probably see it all the time.
0: To answer the second question, I am not surprised at all. This is how the Rays do things when it comes to pitching. There are five and six pitchers a game, you know, it, they could throw a few pitches and it not be right. And it's, it's time to switch them out. And that's a, top-down kind of move that I've seen from the race, and I think they figured it out. I, I think that every one of their pitchers is good, and they pull them out, in my opinion, sometimes too early. I'm like, what the heck? Like this guy's doing well, and he could probably continue to go and throw more, because that's what we see with other teams. You know, a starter actually throws for a long time where with the Rays organization you know two three innings and they're good and it's next 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 and I think that that also shows that they really believe in like you said their talent they really believe in these guys and they I really I truly have faith that they know what they're doing when it comes to their pitching rotation
1: I mean how could you not with the pedigree they have and how many great pitchers have begun their career there but I just find it so interesting because it goes against the entire mold of baseball, where experience comes above the talent of the young guy. I mean, Shane Baz—he had 13 innings in the major leagues before he gets the game two start in the playoffs. I mean, that is a lot to ask. I mean, um, just going back, McClanahan enters this game in relief, doesn't do too well. He gives up four earned, and now they have Patino coming in relief as well, who has been kind of a floater for them. So. Very interesting to see. I am not going to be one to question the Rays because they are a whole heck of a lot smarter than me, so I will keep my mouth shut and move on to the White Sox, which has also been crazy. They lose the first two in Houston, and they go to game three, and then they just basically play a football-esque score and win (laughs) nine to six. Plenty of offense in this series. What's your number one takeaway from that series? I think you're
0: on mute. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no <muted>. worries. <laughs> Sometimes I mute myself, I guess, to keep my mouth shut. And <laughs> so anyway, I think that that I don't want to say that game was a fluke. But I think when you have one of these games where the runs are just added up and obviously they had a very offensive game. But losing in Houston, um, I'm kind of shocked that this hasn't been a closer series. Honestly, the games have not been in similarity to the series that we were just talking about. Um, I think that the Astros have this. I think that they know that they have this kind of in the bag. I'm interested to see, but yeah, at the beginning of the season, I would have said that this could have possibly be the White Sox year, but I don't think they're going to make it past this round.
1: You, you don't think the White Sox are going to make it past this round? Right. Yes. Okay. Um, um We're in the same boat. Yeah. I think it comes down to, once again, the schedule in front of them, I think the Central has been really being exposed as of right now with that win. Now in their last 12 games, the AL Central in the playoffs, two and 12, it's becoming a rough. And I think that the White Sox of any of these teams could be the ones to change that story, except they get the least preferable, I think, in my opinion, matchup with the team that has so much playoff experience. I mean, yes. We could talk to Nazim about what the Astros did, how we feel about it. But there are only five players offensively that remain from that team. And it's their central cog. I mean, it's Correa, it's Altuve, it's Bregman, it's Maldonado, it's Gurriel. And they're the ones doing it once again. They There was four lead changes in the game three. And for the Astros, two of them were from Bregman and Altuve. They just, something we've been seeing for the years on end. And it's just a whole different Ball game when you talk about that experience in the playoffs as opposed to the White Sox kind of just beginning. And mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. I think the series is over. I'm glad they made it to a fourth game. And I was hoping for another four games today, but mm-hmm. they get rained out. So we'll see what happens tomorrow in Game Four.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that postseason experience is so important. And the Astros have it and they've had it for several years and they've been there. They've won Asterix. <laughs> I saw a t-shirt with and it said the Houston Asterix. <laughs> it's kind of funny.
1: Whether, whatever you, you do.
0: <laughs> Was it you in the airport? <laughs> oh, probably. Really probably. No, we're, we're actually friends from afar. Tyler and I just met, but I, I liked him <laughs> the first day. So anyway, I like him even more now that he has this t-shirt. But with that being said, it's like they have this experience and they just know what they're doing and when you when you have that I think it's so much harder to play against a team like that and even though the Rays were in the World Series last year they they don't even have that Astros experience they don't have the experience that the Dodgers have and I think that that is that is so important when you think about the World Series and what teams are. I'm telling you that the way it's looking it's going to be these teams that have postseason experience.
1: In spirit, you make a great point. The Dodgers have been there as much as you can be. I want I want to save them for last because I think they're a little bit more interesting nope, that's than okay.
0: the
1: Brewer. Brew, that would have been a perfect segue, but I want to touch on the Brewers and A's or um, excuse me, A's Braves first that just concluded their game three. Now the Braves, all of a sudden after losing game one, are now one win away as they shut out in back to back games the Brewers' offense, which has always been their Achilles' heel. They could pitch with the best of them. They've only given up five earned runs in this series, but their offense kind of comes short. And I think, I think it's an easy question, but I kind of been like battling myself back and forth with it. Do you think that it's the Brewers' offense that is the problem? Or do you think it's just this Braves pitching staff that has been incredible? Because Ian Anderson was great today, and their bullpen really made it interesting. But there were some good swings for the Brewers. What do you think was the advantage or disadvantage?
0: I think the Braves have just really picked it up and got it together the last few weeks and have been a surprise to me. And I think that they they did they did what they needed to do. And they're these teams that really know how to come in clutch when they need to and and to pitch when they need to do well. Um, I don't think that anyone ever purposely doesn't, but they're players I think that just play better under pressure. And that's what the Braves have done in the postseason. And if they can keep it up, then going into the series i would have said i would've been shocked that they beat the brewers but it's looking kind of favorable right now
1: looking very very favorable and it has been it's going to be very interesting how they kind of line up game 4 because they surprisingly today took out Peralta who was pitching well obviously he got the start and he i believe was at 75 pitches going into the 5th inning and they yank him and obviously a shutout game you're trying to prepare for the future but for me that kind of just seemed as a move to prepare yourself for the rest so he could pitch later in the series and i've always hated that i'd love to get your opinion too because i personally there obviously has to be some forecasting for the series of course i mean if the the better position you're in the more you can do that i believe but game threes in a five game series we have seen i believe Jeff Passa said there's a 72% chance that whoever wins game three is going to win the whole series. So it's as close to must win as it can get before it being an elimination game. And I really don't like the move of kind of preparing for the future when you haven't even done it yet. And then sure enough, you get shut out. So what's your opinion on kind of forecasting these pitching stats for the rest of the series?
0: That's an interesting stat from Jeff Pass And I hadn't heard that, but it makes a lot of sense. This game three win. I think that seventy-five pitches is not a necessarily low number. I don't think that they didn't give him enough time, um, but at the same time, I think that it is smart. I think that you always have to be thinking a little bit of a little bit ahead. I'm all about playing to win. Always, any sport I've ever played, you always play to win. But at the same time, playing to win right now is bigger than just this game. It's what I'm gonna have to do tomorrow to win the series. Like, what if something happens in this game that doesn't go? favorably. And so I think that you're always thinking ahead unless you're in a, you're always in a must-win situation. But I think with, with pitching, it's, it's so iffy because a lot of these teams, you do have your starters, you do have an ace, and then you have the guys, the closers, right? That come in behind them. And so you have to very strategically put these puzzle pieces together. And I think that's what the Braves are doing and trying to be smart because okay, so you win this series, but you have to go to the next one. And there's not this gap of time where you rest everyone in between. So I can't say that I fully understand what they're doing, but I don't blame them for pulling it after 75 pitches.
1: I agree. I agree with your point there. I think that you're right. 75. I mean, now, <laughs> nowadays that's a lot higher of a number than we'd like to admit, considering mm-hmm. how short the leashes are. And if there's any team that could do it, it is the Brewers that kind of came through. There was just, I believe it was just Ashby that kind of got, Shot on a three-run home run by Jock Peterson, so just kind of seeing that difference, and just it also comes down to this Atlanta Braves offense, who really hasn't been able to show it so far this series, but their new acquisitions just once again, Jorge Soler was one of the bigger factors in Game Two of the series. I think a move that a lot of us overlooked, the Jock Peterson one, at the same time thinking it's a nice piece for the regular season. It's middle of October apparently, so he continues to do well. I think that I believe now that the Braves will do it even though I wanted to believe in this Brewers rotation going deep I think the loss of Devin Williams punching the wall at the beginning of the playoffs kind of put them back a peg and I think that the Braves will be able to take it what about you
0: I agree. I agree. And it's shocking. I'm I'm still going to admit that, but I do think that the rave the, excuse, ugh, the rays, Braves, whatever the word. The Braves, my my mind is still on the,
1: yeah. stage, the <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so.
0: But that the Braves um will make it. And I'm excited for them. I I think I've told you I, I grew up a Braves fan being in North Carolina. So my dad is obviously pulling for the Braves and I was joking about me wanting to go to Tampa. And I was like, but I'll also go to Atlanta. <laughs> so um we'll see
1: we will most certainly see. And then if the Braves do move on, as we both predict, they are going to get a tough task with either the Dodgers or the Giants. They are about to start in like 15 minutes now for game three. It was as even as it could have been these first two games. Giants take game one in kind of a commanding fashion, almost a sort of proving of themselves. But then the Dodgers bounce right back. Neither of the games ended up really close. So I think game three now, The Dodgers get Scherzer to go, or I believe it's going to be Gossman for the Giants. Ace versus Ace, I think this is going to be just, this could be horribly wrong by the time this comes out tomorrow, but I think this is going to be the one that we have been excited for. The fact that the series was 10-9 to in favor of the Giants in the regular season, as tight as it was. First two games didn't really show it on the scoreboard. I think this is going to be a memorable game and I think it means so much if the Dodgers can take this first one in Los Angeles and kind of swing the momentum back to them and use that playoff experience.
0: You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. I agree. I think that Scherzer, I have a lot of faith in him. That's what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And being a three-time Cy Young winner, probably you know in the running for this year as well. He hasn't been pitching great. He pitched in the wild card game, right? And that yes. was the one that it was just right. It was just not his best. And right. I think that I was right. kind of I was kind of surprised by that. But we all have a bad day, a bad game. <laughs> so I. Th- I- I think that he'll be on his a game per <laughs> yeah. say tonight. Um, I hope so. I think that this head to head with the giants will be really interesting. And I think that this has been just an incredible matchup. As soon as I, I knew that it was going to be a giant starters. I was like, this is going to be neck and neck the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they're both rivals and kind of in it. And so it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And I, who knows <laughs> going into tomorrow, like you said, what is going to actually happen, but for our West coast fans or anyone in that same time zone. It's, it's exciting. That's for sure.
1: It's exciting here on the East coast too. And we're not going to be getting a ton of sleep. I know for the two of us, but that's okay. It's what the playoffs are all about. (laughs) But it's almost like speaking of sleep though. I mean, just going back to game one, it almost felt like a dream. Just starting the Buster Posey home run. I mean, 3-0 3-0 pitch first inning, his first at bat, he goes into the Cove opposite field shot, like just to revitalize this team and kind of remember that he is still a top player. I mean, if you look at the division series statistics right now, he is leading in average with 500, slugging with a 1.00 and a 1.5 for OPS. He's been incredible. Brandon Crawford got his name in the mix, obviously, and it's just it's just been incredible so far to see what these, what the veterans have done. I expected it to be the young guys like Yastrzemski or Lamont Wade or these new guys that kind of brought up the through this system with these veterans, but instead it's just been them doing it once again. And then, of course, you can talk about playoff veterans all day for this Dodgers team as we keep talking about. And it's just – I think it's going to come down to – whatever youngster steps up whether it is somebody on the pitching staff for the bullpen because there is a little bit of a slight advantage in age when you look at that bullpen for the Dodgers whether it's a Bruce Star Gratterall who has looked as disgusting as could be at the beginning of this or even Julio Urias I think who is just so underappreciated for the Dodgers staff or I really have no idea I'm really just talking in circles right now because I can't make up my mind on who's going to take game three but What are are your final thoughts on it? Because I actually can't take a pick.
0: Going back to what I was saying about postseason experience, both of these teams do. Obviously, the Dodgers and and being their last year in the shortened season, and then you have Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, even their acquisitions, excuse me, Mm -hmm. have postseason experience. But you have to look at the Giants as well. And they have guys that were part of this dynasty that we've talked about a few years ago. And the Giants have really built up their system as a homegrown system per se, these guys have been with the organization for a long time. And I think that that means something as well, knowing how to play together, play as a team, and to really believe in your. and that's too. So when it comes to postseason experience for both of these teams, I think that it's interesting because both of them deserve to be obviously any team that's made it this far deserves to be there, but who am I choosing for game three? Is that the question? I'm going, I'm going with the Dodgers tonight.
1: Okay. And then do you think they take the series as well? (laughs) I don't ever
0: think about, I ever think about these. Oh man. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like like you babbling and like, I really don't know. I don't have a strong, I want to say the giants. I want to say the giants.
1: My, my gut says Giants as well, but I mean, you look at the team, the Dodgers team on paper and it, paper can be deceiving, obviously, because if you look just at that, the Dodgers have one of the best lineups in all of baseball, but they just haven't been that as of late. Mm-hmm. They're starting to slowly see it come together. Cody Bellinger's putting together better at bats than he has all season, for example. I mean, Mookie Betts, uh, the fact I almost forgot to mention the play that he made, the throw to third base, just a subtle reminder at how incredibly good he is and how little we talk about him ever since he moved out to the West Coast. I mean, for our Yankees and your and your race as well, obviously we don't mind not seeing him 19 times per season with the <laughs> Red Sox anymore. But I think it's such a shame that he's out there in the West with all these other stars because he's a top three player, in my opinion. And he just always takes this national stage or this playoff stage to remind us. And I think, I think he may be a huge deciding factor but I still feel as though the Giants will take it
0: Mookie Betts you think that he is a huge deciding factor is that what you're saying and this yes yeah here is interesting yeah. yeah they definitely got a good deal by, <laughs> yes. by trading him so yeah I mean, I failed to mention him as well on the Dodgers and anytime I look at that lineup I'm still in shock that they have all of these names on their team but <laughs> they've spent the money to get them and you're right. He could be this secret weapon, not so secret weapon threat Yeah. in the postseason.
1: Well, we will see. Um, we'll see how horribly wrong or accurate our predictions <laughs> were. <laughs> yeah. You, t- you could tell they fluctuate. I'm sure in a half hour, we may be United. It's still mm-hmm. five to three, t- bottom of the seventh right now, as we wrap this one up and yeah. go back to watching. But it's going to be a whole lot of different opinions when we record this next, but we just wanted to get some of our opinions out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. Thanks, Tyler.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Ellie. And thank you all for listening to us this week. Make sure to follow us on social media um, at ATP Sports Podcast. And for that, we will talk to you soon about the end of the ALDS and NLDS and start of the championship series. See you soon.